This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Wednesday, September 4th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Climate change gets campaign focus. Dems waiting on USTR for USMCA progress and ethanol not modified by Brazil's action. Candidates face questions on climate policy. The presidential campaign will be squarely focused today on the issue of climate change and what to do about it. Ten of the Democratic candidates will be interviewed successfully over seven hours starting this afternoon during a town hall hosted by CNN. We'll be watching to see how much the candidates talk about agriculture, how they plan to get their proposals implemented, and how they would address the impacts of higher energy prices on businesses and consumers. The last issue killed the 2009 cap-and-trade proposal. Now keep in mind, the candidates have been rolling out one sweeping plan after another, many of which have far-reaching impacts on agriculture. Bernie Sanders' Green New Deal plan, which calls for wholesale change in farming, includes a $160 billion proposal to pay farmers for keeping carbon in the soil through conservation practices. Booker's plan. New Jersey Senator Cory Booker released his plan Tuesday. Like many of the other candidates, he wants to dramatically increase spending on conservation programs. He would expand the Conservation Reserve Program to 40 million acres and provide $7 billion a year to both the Environmental Quality Incentive Program and the Conservation Stewardship Program. The 2018 Farm Bill authorized $1.75 billion for EQUIP and $700 million for CSP in 2019. Dems still waiting for USTR proposal on USMCA. House Democrats gave the Trump administration a list of demanded changes to the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement before Congress left town for its August recess. But the lawmakers still have not heard back with a formal response from U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer, says Ways and Means Committee Chair Richard Neal. Democrats are committed to a renegotiated deal with strong enforcement mechanisms that helps working families, protects the environment, and preserves access to affordable medicines now and in the future, Neal said in a statement after discussing USMCA progress with fellow Democrats at a teleconference Tuesday. We are eager to continue making progress on the new NAFTA, and we wait a full formal response to our proposals from the Trump administration. Approval in the Democrat-controlled House could seep into next year, according to Representative Rosa DeLauro, a Democrat of Connecticut. She's part of a nine-member working group that the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi assigned to work with the White House on the trade pact. When we get to where we need to go, we will move, Delora told the Middletown Press for a story published Tuesday. We're not there yet, and that's critically important to understand. U.S. ethanol groups disappointed in Brazil. President Donald Trump is portraying Brazil's decision to increase its tariff rate quota for U.S. ethanol as a major success. But U.S. industry representatives say they're very disappointed that the TRQ is still in place, even if it is larger. Brazil's decision to maintain its protectionist trade barrier against U.S. ethanol is extremely disappointing and represents a major setback in our relationship with the Brazilian sugar and ethanol industry. That Renewable Fuels Association president and CEO Jeff Cooper yesterday 
Cooper, U.S. Grains Council President and CEO Ryan Legrand, and Growth Energy CEO Emily Score all criticized Brazil's decision to allow in more U.S. ethanol duty-free but keep the existing tariff rate quota in place. A little more than a year ago, Brazil slapped a 20% tariff on U.S. ethanol imports, exceeding 600 million liters in a year. On Sunday, Brazil raised the limit to 750 million liters, or about 198 million gallons. Trump vacillates on China. Trump again tweeted yesterday that the U.S. is doing very well in our negotiations with China, but then repeated a previous prediction that the country would prefer to hold off on a deal in hopes of a different president after the 2020 election. Trump also pushed back against increasing criticism that the U.S. should be confronting China together with allies such as the European Union. Now, for more on the trade war and a rising chorus of criticism from Democratic presidential candidates, check out this week's AgriPulse newsletter. Producer sentiment drops amid trade impasse. The Trump administration's latest round of trade aid payments couldn't be coming at a better time given the mood of farm country. Purdue University's measure of producer sentiment dropped significantly in August, falling 29 points to a reading of 124. Over two-thirds of respondents, or 71 percent, said the 2019 MFP program would either completely or somewhat relieve their concerns about the impact of the trade war with China on 2019 farm income. And nearly 60 percent expect USDA to provide yet another round of market facilitation program payments in 2020, that according to the Ag Economy Barometer. USDA releasing new food security numbers. USDA this morning is releasing its latest estimates of hunger in the United States. The big question is whether the annual report by the Economic Research Service will show continued progress in household food security. Last year's report said 11.8% of U.S. households were food insecure in 2017, down from 12.3% in 2016. The number has been declining since a high of 14.9%, but is still above the pre-recession level of 11.1% in 2007. Myth about land loss challenged. Black farmers and civil rights advocates are urging presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren to recognize that systematic racism is behind black farmers' loss of land. Articles appearing in the past few months have said most of black farmers' land, 98% according to a report in The Atlantic, has been taken from them over the past century. The letter, being circulated for signatures until tomorrow, takes aim at Warren's plan that says black farmers lost their property, primarily because they held the land as heirs' property, which allows heirs to sell the land without the approval of other descendants. But the letter says that is a pernicious myth. Attributing black land loss to a technical legal issue absolves the federal government of its role in dispossessing black families while obscuring USDA's civil rights office complicity in contributing to and covering up ongoing discrimination, it says. Impossible Burger Oversight Questioned FDA's review of soy leg hemoglobin, a key ingredient in the Impossible Burger, 
was inadequate, according to the Center for Science and the Public Interest, a consumer research and advocacy group. CSPI said FDA ignored its guidance on recommended toxicity testing for food additives in the agency's August 1 decision. That guidance recommends long-term safety testing for additives like soy leg hemoglobin, which fall in the agency's highest concern level category due to the extent of exposure, according to CSPI. SL contains heme, a compound also found in red meat and blood. According to the International Agency for Research on Cancer, there is strong evidence that heme contributes to the carcinogenic mechanisms associated with red and processed meats, CSPI said. According to Impossible Foods, heme is what makes meat taste like meat. Here's today's She Said It. Brazilian ethanol continues to have virtual tariff-free access to the U.S. and puts U.S. ethanol producers at a disadvantage at a time when they need it most. That Emily Score, CEO of Growth Energy. Well, that's Daybreak for this Wednesday, September 4th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.